right now at Safeway. Get your skin winter ready with big savings on all your favorite skincare products. Shop for deals on items like Gillette Mach 3 razors, Gillette Labs razors and blades, Venus razors and blades, and Native Shampoo, Conditioner, and Body Wash. Plus, shop the buy two, get one free baking event and save on items like selected varieties of handy foil and good cook pans. Offer expires December 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for full offer details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. It's my favourite time of the year because we only talk now about shows that I've enjoyed or shows that we've all enjoyed and we don't have to watch anything because we've seen it all, there's no homework. This is the best of the Gary Goes West non-UK section of the podcast. Ten shows we sent Matt our list. He calculates where they end up, and Gary and I are our normal level of clueless. I'm Luke. Or, 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 or as we like to say, Matt does math. Mathematics. Oh, it's oh. not easier. That's not easier. Uh, I'm Luke, editor and runner of the website. He is Gary, but for the for the penultimate time. Well, no. To be fair, I'll still be Gary afterwards. It's just you won't hear me again. Not to us. For the penultimate time, it's Gary in the London area. Hi. And until the end of time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Matt in the north. I'm le- I'm leaving next year just to let you all know. God, sake. you got one more year. What's funny, I always think, is you know when boy bands or girl groups lose a member. Yeah. They're never they're never quite as good, and one member goes on to massive success, and the yeah. others just plod on. So, if Gary's leaving first, he's gonna have the better solo career. <laughs> Or it could be a bit like when one of them left, like you know, because like, like you think Ryan probably, McFadden. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was say, there are some examples where people have left and gone backwards. Although that could mean, if you're Brian McFadden, you could be hosting the next series of Who Does Who's the Dishes. Doing the dishes. <laughs> Don't I also get to go out with Delta Goodrum, which is, which is a bonus. And yeah, and uh, who's, who's the other one that he was with? Vogue, 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 somebody? Who's now married to Spencer Matthews. Oh, yes, oh, he's not done bad for himself. I'm looking You've got a wonderful life ahead of you, yeah. Gary. You'll wonder why he didn't leave years ago. Although you will actually also have to marry Kerry Katona, so... Ah, yeah, that's good point. <laughs> yeah, but I think really of how he'll save on trips to Iceland. <laughs> Luke, Gary and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com and, and this year, for the first year, we have got our Twitter, at CustardTVPod. We're taking us six lot- years. A lot of you, um, dear listeners, have contributed. So um, what we will be doing, or what I will be doing, is reading out some of your contributions. And I've also put together a big list of all your mentions and put together like a Twitter list as well. Oh, lovely. To see to see how we sort of measure up against 
a twit list. A twit list, if you will. <laughs> Shall we get started? Well, I wanted to ask quickly before we did, uh, which of the lists, we've done a, a non-UK and a UK list, which of the lists did we struggle with compiling the most? Um, Gary's already told me he struggled with the UK one, just the order of it, but Matt, what did you struggle with the most? I think the UK one as well, just, I think, getting a 10. I think I had yeah, about... I, I couldn't get a 10 either for a long time. I think I had about wow. six or seven, and then there was loads that were sort of together at the bottom and i was just sort of i yeah i i think i would have found it easier to have done a 15 because as you say <laughs> the, the no but no but i'm saying that there was a lot of contenders but mm, for me that's not then, there I'm was saying, a lot though. there was a lot of ones that were like oh, is that yeah. good enough and where i spent at least i think i revised the list a good three times before i sent it to matt well on this one you see there's there's um one all 10 ones at least two of us had in our list whereas in the UK one, there are two entries which only one of us had in our list. Um, we've Ooh. agreed on three of this top ten, the international one, and only two in the UK. So, shall we get started? Number ten. And it's one that myself and Gary had on our lists. And it is The Good Fight. Oh. So, this was the spin-off to The Good Wife. This is the second season. The big stories really all surrounded Donald Trump in a way. Um, yeah, ironically. Get him impeached and things like that. We had a, um assassination attempt on, um, I've forgotten his name, the Del Rolindo character. Um, and, and just other goings on, really. Christine Baranski learning how to judo or something. I think we like this because of its sort of pace, the characters... Well, the reason that I liked it is we stepped away from the big sort of scandal, the Bernie Madoff scandal from mm-hmm. series one. And yeah, although Rose like Leslie it. was still very good in this series, you got a bit more of everything. I mean, yeah, um, the, uh, the pregnancy. Luca. Um, yeah, with Luca. Uh, you had, the, as I say, the assassination attempt. And I suppose that it was the guy, there was someone who was killing lawyers. A lot of relevant content, as you say, the political stuff really played a strong part. And it was nominated for Best Original Song at the, uh, the Emmys for that one about Donald Trump. Nice. Um, Luke, anything to say? Because this wasn't on your list, but yeah, you did. No, wa- I did watch it. I did enjoy it. I think I, I have several issues with a good fight, hence why it didn't go on the list. It's one of the shows that I enjoy while it's on, but I don't think about again. And there are just aspects of it I didn't like. All the Diane micro dosing and waking up. Oh, and, yeah, I've forgotten about and, that. And the stuff with Trump and the pig in the White House. And a lot of it was very silly, I, and I, I struggle with it when it mm. goes down. I know you watching Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah I, I just found it a bit too silly in places. But when it's good, I think it's really good, and I really enjoy it. It's just not one I think about once i've seen it if that makes sense so uh good fight number 10 another one um that is on mine and gary's list luke you'll get to speak in a minute um is the second another second season this time of glow um oh right wow why are you saying well gary have you forgot they were on the list you know because normally in these lists I don't get a programme, so I'm quite happy. Everyone on this list, at least two of us have got, so there That's is a good. good chance that a lot of this would have been on your oh, list. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Mathematically well, speaking, yeah. Mathematically speaking. Mathematically, come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in the second season, again, there was sort of more character development. Like we were saying about The Good Fight, really. I mean, the first series was mainly centred around Alison Bree's character, Ruth. But we got a lot more of the secondary characters here. You yeah. know, we got developments in terms of them 
finding fame. You know, they're on TV now. There was a great performance by uh, Keir Stevens, the former Awesome Kong, um, as Tomei, who some found out what she did in her life as the welfare queen on screen. A lot of people, including myself, really enjoyed the eighth episode, where we had the episode within an episode sort of thing, uh, and uh, the finale where they all went off to Vegas for season three. I, I think, again, yeah, there, there were some very good storylines, ones that you mentioned, plus also the producer is, you know, he's, he, he lost his friend. We called him his butler, didn't he? But he wasn't really, he was his friend. Well, that was, was the weird thing with Bash and sort of being secretly gay, maybe. Or... Yeah, kind of, but then, you know, we, we don't really know. I do like the idea of going to Vegas in Series 3. I think it's an interesting twist. I'm looking forward, I'm looking forward to it. I don't think there's a lot else like this. There's not a female-centric ensemble cast like this. It's, a, it's similar to The Good Fight. When it's good, I really enjoy it, but it spends a lot uh, a lot of time on, again, stories that don't really develop into anything. So you mentioned the Bash stuff with his butler and things that didn't really go anywhere. I think they've got another problem, which is they've got too many really interesting characters and not enough time to tell their stories and so it feels like some of them get left behind. I think Alison Brie and Betty Gilpin are fantastic, and uh, I am looking forward to the third series, but it just doesn't stick with me once I've seen it, but it is one of my favourites. Matt, do you think you and I like it more because we actually like the sport, of, well, we actually like wrestling more than Matt? Um, does, I, do you think? I don't know. I, I think I'd like it regardless because of the characters yeah. and things like that. If it was a poorly written show, then I wouldn't like it regardless. You know, I wouldn't give it yeah. a, a pass. Should we go to some social media? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's hear from the people. So, um, to start off with, I think we should go to an actual American and friend of the show, Mo Walker, um, Hi, at, at Dr. Mo77. Um, Yo, here Mo. are 2018 favourites in no particular order. Um, he's gone for Killing Eve, Doctor Who, Endeavour, Bojack Horseman, The Good Fight, Counterpart, Glow, No Offence, Unforgotten and Daredevil. So, our first two shows I in there. I think we just found your replacement on the podcast, Gary. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, saying with we just he mentioned Daredevil, that's been axed by uh, Netflix, but it's been revealed it was one of the it was in the third most watched show uh, of November, Weird. which I think uh, is they only thing to do stuff. with the, the, the Disney Marvel relationship. Yeah. But, like, it's very unusual that Marvel, sorry, that uh, Netflix would cut something that's so popular. Our friends at um, EastEnders Weekly podcast at EastEnders Week. Um, we're the first ones to give us feedback, so I should read theirs out first, really. Um, in no particular <laughs> <you> order. <laughs> in the first block. Okay. In, I say they're saying in no particular order: one, Killing Eve; two, Westworld; three, Handmaid's Tale; four, Disenchantment; five, Inside Number Nine; six, American Crime Story: Assassination of Gianni Versace; seven, Big Mouth; eight, Shane Dawson Jeffrey Star documentary; um, nine. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and of course at number 10, EastEnders. So we've had The Good Fight at 10 and Glow at 9. Already a strong list. What's at number 8, Matt? Matt well, it, it is the first show that all three of us agreed on, and it is The Fourth Estate. Um, oh. Colon reporting Trump's first year. This was a four-part documentary shown on BBC2. It focused on a whole year the first year of Trump's presidency with the uh, cameras going inside the offices of the New York Times and the Washington Post as they sort of struggled to report on the just the amount of different things that were coming out of the White House and 
the way the it looked at the way the media is changing now that newspapers are not you know the first go to there's so much online news it looked at how they felt about being in the spotlight themselves what with trump referring to them specifically as liars and fake newsmongers and it was i hadn't seen a newsroom of this scale on television before and i found it really interesting both in the newsroom and outside with the reporters it was no holds barred they didn't hold back it was just really engrossing and definitely definitely one of my favorite shows of the year the news doesn't tell the truth they have no sources and i want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news they are the enemy of the people we just got kicked out of the White House briefing. You really got to want the story. I think you either have that or you don't. Would it be fair to characterize that story as wrong? Yes. We went back to our sources. We're confident in the story. If you pick on one of us, it means you have to deal with all yes. of us. We have a left that doesn't want to hear what the other side has to say. And we have a right that feels the same way. I think one of the things that we, we got from it, I think we all said this when we watched it, was how much they interspersed what was going on in the world with some of the things that were actually happening to the journalists. I remember one of the particularly most intriguing, sort of, we call it a plot line, was how they had to deal with the internal problem that they there they were covering, you know, the president who, you know, was misogynistic and sexist, sexist and all these mm. things. And they had a, an internal situation where they had an accusation about one it of their It was like the Me Too movement, wasn't yeah. it? That was it, yeah. And they were sort of like breaking news stories left, right and centre, and then they were part of the news story. I think this was a very good piece of documentary making you know you got exclusive insights into how both the new york and the washington uh, offices Post. ran and i think you got a very close insight into how the media was then accepted i mean you, that, that, that sort of very weird scene where they were sitting in between trump and the supporters and were getting it you know trump from the stage was barraging and then they're getting heckled from behind you know it was very mm. very very strange situation we're in a very unique time in american politics but I think it's so important and so good that we got this on the BBC because it kind yeah. of was on was Showtime in America. It, we, they don't. Ha I mean, Sky Atlantic have a deal with Showtime and HBO, so I don't quite know how it yeah, ended up on BBC Two. Who owns Sky though? Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, exactly. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Why, why do you, you know, yeah, there might, be a, gonna, yeah. there might yeah, be a I reason why so. an anti-Trump documentary isn't on uh, a network owned yeah. by Rupert Murdoch. Number seven, um, this is me and Luke's list. The Americans, uh, the final season, season six. Surprised which... this isn't higher. I am surprised. I'm disappointed in both me and Matt. But mostly Matt, because it was quite high on mine. It, it wasn't that high on your list. It was I, can't on... I can't I remember. I believe it was, it was higher on my list. I think I was surprised how low it was on your list, Luke. <laughs> well, we need to speak. Gary, do you watch this? I can't remember. I, You're I do, behind, but I, but I, am, I, am, I am behind. I think I'm on series four from memory. But you are going to watch this at some oh, point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is one that I want to catch up on. 
Well, that's why you're leaving the podcast. Um, yeah, yeah so the yeah, catch up on. So on this the was the final season. We got a, I think, the conclusion we thought we would get. One we were happy with. Yes, very much so. I got itchy feet because maybe I'm wrong. Well, yeah, but it's difficult for me, Matt. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, um, maybe I'm wrong, but I think an ending of a show can, if it's really bad, it can ruin your enjoyment of the whole show. Hello, how I met your mother. Yeah. But the Americans got the ending that I was happy with. It got the ending that I couldn't pick holes in it got a a proper resolution with no cliffhangers there i was really pleased the only problem is now that i don't have a returning american show really of this type that i love to the degree that i love the americans but it it is one that if like gary you're going to have a lot of freer time on your hands in terms of tv watching you need to go on amazon prime and just watch it because six series was as it turned out the perfect amount and joel weisberg and and uh joe i forget the, joel fields and joel joe fields and joe weisberg clearly had the idea that they stuck with when they discussed how the ending was going to be in the third series and they stuck with that and they built to that and i was really yeah. pleased I mean, the, the show survived as well because of the brilliant performances from Matthew Reese and Kerry Russell, Noah Emmerich and Margaret Martindale and all of uh, Holly Taylor. And Holly Taylor had a lot more to do this year and I, I hope that we see her pop up in, a, in other things because here she proved she was a real talent. Yeah, she matured on screen and I think this final season where she was sort of involved more in uh, Philip and Elizabeth's schemes... I think we love this show and we're happy that it got the ending it deserved um, and well done to all um, that were involved in it. This is the show that I think has been one of the most horribly treated by British television. Yes, agreed. And I think think we... Yeah, well, (laughs) ITV in general, because I think if I remember rightly, didn't it start off on ITV? Yes, on Saturday nights. And 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 instead of... And then ITV4. You know, we've recognised the quality in this. Hopefully, DVD releases and Amazon Prime have meant that people can get to watch it. I mean, this is, I mean, I suppose in that same way, you know, the, the other show that got treated kind of badly was Breaking Bad in the sense that if someone had sat down and said, right, we're going to commit to the three seasons of this and allowed it and given it a proper schedule, a proper date, a proper time that people can stick to, I think they would have had a massive thing hey, on that. That's five USA. You know, the wire was so sort of, you know, roundly sort of moved around as well. Well, you know, it wasn't moved around. It was on BBC Two on after Newsnight. They put it all, they showed it all together at the end of, you know, after it had all finished. Yeah, well, that's the thing, after it had all been... Mm. And I think it was on FX or Fox in this country as well. I'm not Possibly. really sure. What, but I just think right. that, you know, that there are examples of shows that, you know, you need to stick with. And I think television networks in this country need to say, I'm going to make a fuss of this, not just shift it around in the schedules and hope that people find it. But I think that's the thing with being a scheduler. If people aren't watching it, you need to sort of move stuff around. And unfortunately, a lot of these American shows, unless you like read stuff and listen to stuff like us, you don't know what you're going to like. And I think BBC Two especially has taken a risk over the past few years. And now their sort of partnership with FX is going to prove fruitful. I mean, they had American Crime Story, Feud, Trust recently as well was on BBC Two. But, but so, also, I mean, just look at the, the success of the BBC4 Nordic Noir slot. You know you're going to get 
a quality drama on a Saturday well, night on BBC Four. Well, 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 no, but to be fair, the, the ones that have been bad possibly are the ones that we haven't given much time John to. Cardinal. I mean, yeah, you know, okay, so not every one of them, but I think they've built a brand on a Saturday night I on BBC Four. I can see what you're saying. Yeah, and now this year it's like the Sinner as well. Yeah. And... yeah. We've mentioned so far The Wire and How I Met Your Mother, but the important thing is <laughs> The Americans Spoiled. is a great show. It's just finished. Seek it out. Watch it from the beginning. It's really rewarding. It's a real character-driven piece as well, full of really strong performances, as Matt says, and one of our favourites, not just of this year, but for a long time now. And going from The Americans to American Vandal. This Chicken Finger Monday. Those things are damn good. Early into that lunch, I knew something was off. It didn't really hit me right away. And then it really hit me. The lemonade was contaminated. I'm on one. All of our students, they're all, they're all pooping. This was the worst thing I've seen in 20 years. Before it was all over, it had a name. The brownout. In April of 2016, Sam Eklund and I began shooting American Vandal. The response has been incredible. But with all this attention, came a lot of pressure on what kind of a case to take on next. I'm contacting you because we have a vandal. He goes by the name The Turd Burglar. I look at my phone and I got tagged in a video. This guy wanted an audience. He was taunting us. Milk, milk, lemonade, around the corner, poo emojis made. The Turd Burglar was a different animal. Who could have had a motive and who could be a suspect? What if the motive is just poop is funny? Poop is funny. It's poop, but it goes a lot deeper than that. Who is the chair burglar? This was the second season of the uh, mockumentary. Um, we saw the um, the two sort of primary documentarians, Sam and Peter, leave their high school for a. A posh Catholic high school uh, where there had been several um, feces related incidents perpetrated by a figure known simply as the turd burglar. They again set out to sort of expose who it was. There was a big sort of stunt pulled called the brownout where the um, cafeteria lemonade was spiked. It was really clever and really funny and I think this time they gave us an, a proper ending and one that was really sort of cleverly thought out more so than a lot of crime dramas, mystery dramas, without losing that sense of humour. It managed to cut that line between comedy and, and quite base comedy. You know, we're talking about, you know, people pooing themselves and a lot of that, you know, it was all to do with that. And that kind of mockumentary style. And actually they managed to get some pathos in there as well towards the end when you kind of got the reveal and you got a bit about how it had affected certain people's lives. Uh, I'm thinking particularly of the basketball player, you know, who had this great sort of career ahead of him. Demarcus. That's it. Yeah. And that's sort of been sort of shattered and uh, all because of his, his, his sort of alleged involvement. They drew out characters really well. I think the only thing I'm mean, disappointed, we're not going to get a series three disappointed, but not, well, like dismayed. I think it would have been hard to do another series. It would have been the law of diminishing returns, I think. I mean, they could possibly bring back Sam and Peter as characters for a different Maybe, but I have, a feeling that, I have a feeling that they should take this success and do something different. You know, this should be their, this should be their opening salvo in, in a good writing career. I think these two writers mm. are very clever, very, very, very yeah. witty. 
And it I, did have I, something to say, as you say, the pathos about yeah. like, the youth of today living this sort of second life online and how it doesn't properly portray them and them feeling like they have to sort of almost act like their lives are a lot better and, and this sort of ripped away the facade and showed sort of the vulnerability of these sort of teenagers. I think it was a much more intriguing mystery, in my opinion, this time round than the first time, really. Let's just go back to the social media. Um, Sophie Bridges, at Sophie C. Bridges, um, just one show. Is she? Yeah, that's my very close friend. Okay, well, she's only given us one show. The one show. show. This is us, she says. Um, Yeah, I know she likes that, yeah. I could have Ang- told you, I didn't have to get a tweet about it, you know. <laughs> at Angus T with three E's at the end. Um, he's gone for Killing Eve, a very English scandal. Glow, crazy ex-girlfriend, the bridge called the midwife. And mum. Christine at Sunny3745 has said, um, this is an interesting, I had to look some of these up. Oh, uh, okay. So Bodyguard, obviously we've heard of. Uh, Dark Heart, This Is Us, again. Um, Jack Ryan. Beat, which is another one I had to look up, which I believe is a German drama. On Amazon Prime. Okay, there you go. Um, Chicago Fire, SEAL Team, Barry, and uh, also she says, and not to forget, Luther is coming back. But that's New Year's Day 2019. Yeah, that's Billy Hush at DHD23 has gone for Better Call Saul, The Americans, Succession, Fowder, Fowder, Fowder. The Juice, This Country, Inside Number Nine, Stuart Lee, Content Provider, Cat Williams, Great America, Bobby Kennedy for President, um, and he says, if you were to give me a dozen, I would add Gone Fishing and Grenfell the first 24 hours on ITV. I think he just did. He just yeah. did do it. As I said, I've sort of tried to put together a little list of all the mentions that social media have given. Now, the international list caused me some problems because there was a great sort of cavalcade too many um, shows so, aren't there so um the following got two mentions so i'll just do a little list now better call saul star trek discovery the haunting of hill house seal team patrick melrose the good place elementary sharp objects the americans and counterpart so again an eclectic bunch there of, of yeah. two mentions now, now good luck guys because you have to talk to each other now because this one is a controversial one that wasn't on my list Controversial. Well, that's not that controversial, but from you, you know. It, well, if it's the show, I think it is. It's quite controversial, but I don't. Oh, what do you on, think? Man. What do you think it is? Do, are Gary and I going to talk about the bridge, and you didn't? Include no. It? No. Okay. In that case, then I can't think of a show that Gary and I like that you didn't. Well, I liked it, but I didn't put it in my list because I thought. Oh, uh, is it going to well, be Sharp Objects? It is, Luke. Well done. Oh, wow. I thought this was number. Well, I thought this would be top three. And then there's a show in the UK list which I felt similarly about that you both put in that I haven't. That there were the the sort of the middle section of the season Sacked. just felt really saggy. I think it had a, a good sort of three episodes at the start and a good mm. sort of finale and reveal and all of that, but the middle section really sort of dragged and I don't think it sustained all there was it eight episodes. Yeah. Was it eight? It might have been eight, yeah. All the eight episodes that that sort of made up the series, so... I'm going to do a you now. I can see what you mean, because the whole premise of the show was not to be too fast, and therefore, after... I think that there was that sort of initial kind of two, three episodes of introduction and her the awkwardness in her family and things like that, and then it wasn't until you got to that kind of reactment episode, 
I think that was the only point. Calhoun Day. Calhoun Day. Uh, and I think that's when the, the action part sort of picked up again and we got more of a reveal. I particularly liked the slowness of the show. I think we both, Matt, Luke and I, spoke about the fact that there wasn't too much exposition. There wasn't a lot of telling you what was going on. You did kind of follow her and her investigation and what she was doing and what was happening to her very much as uh, you saw it through her eyes, which I quite liked. I know it meant that it was quite slow because you didn't get much of anybody else other than who she was interacting with. This funeral is going to be very hard. I love those girls. How did you know those girls again? Camille, I'm very involved in the community. It's our family's duty. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. More dead little girls as if Marion wasn't enough. We're friends with Natalie. Enough to be sad, too, which is why I should go. You're going to stay here with Gayla and have ice cream. Mm -hmm. I want to know where you are. Camille, maybe you should stay back, too, given your state of mind. I have to go. It's my job. I think Camille knows how to behave. Adora, we don't want to be late. We're fine. And I don't want you to talk like that, like it's work. We're going to the funeral to support that poor family. Ladies, can we please go? It's one of the few shows where I, when I look back on it and think about it, it's actually the direction, the atmosphere, rather than the plot and and the characters in there. And I think the flashbacks, which is something I know I've bleated on about before, I think they were done really well and, and sort of interspersed and added to the atmosphere uh, yeah. of the piece. I, I thought Amy Adams was a bit of a revelation. I thought Patricia Clarkson was amazing as well. And the young girl playing her sister was superb. I'm glad Gary and I put it on our list because I do think it was one of the most interesting, if not the most sort of edgy you see and exciting shows of the year. Certainly one of the most interesting and um, atmospheric I, shows of the year that I really enjoyed. I, I think definitely this would have been one that if we'd had time and money and all that sort of thing, you could have done a deep dive on each episode because I think there was plenty Why of stuff to Why do we need money at. to do that? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I've got I've got like a job and stuff, you know, and so's Matt, you know, that's where no, you get you know your I mean? money like, from. What he means yeah. is if we didn't go to work, I think he's yeah. saying we could just sit yeah, out. If you had day. time just to lay and about and talk about sharp objects. I, I think I would like to go back and watch it again, but I think if you were able to kind of watch each episode maybe twice, there's a lot more that you would have been able to pick up. I think there's a yeah. lot more interest in, 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 in things. 
uh, <laughs> in each episode that I think we might <laughs> miss through only one more. No, intricacies. intricacies as thank it, you. Yeah. That's the word I could pronounce. Right, we'll let Gary have a rest now because this is one that yeah. I don't think he saw anything past the first episode. Of. Can we can we do a bit of a recap just for my benefit? Yeah. Okay. Number yeah. 10, The Good Fight. Number yeah. 9, Glow. Number 8, The Fourth Estate, colon, reporting Trump's first year. Number 7, The Americans. Number 6, American Vandal. Number 5, Sharp Objects. And number 4, can you guess what it is yet? Um, yes. American Crime I would, Story. I, I would, I, the assassination I of Gianni Versace. I would Yay. be using that catchphrase if I were you. No, I wouldn't have used I said, that do you know what it is yet? Okay. Yeah, but there was, there was a New Zealandish twang to your voice as well. Well, that's all right then. Because he, <laughs> he was Australian. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. Carry on. <laughs> this is what we're going to miss out on. It told the story not of Versace's death necessarily, but of his 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 killer Andrew Cunanan, who was a sort of a narcissistic person who had gone on. A who Luke a... became obsessed with this shit. I did. You know how women write to prisoners? I could never understand that. But I sort of, I was looking him up. I was trying to find out what the story was. He sort of had killed before. He, he was a great storyteller and just had people wrapped around his little finger. He could fit into any scenario and just make people sort of fall under his spell. Uh, and I think it helped me that unlike the OJ stuff that I didn't feel as engrossed with or as in tune with, I didn't know where this was going. And I think because it was told backwards as well, mm. was another clever little device, which in other cases I might go, let's go from A to B to C to D to E to F, you know. But in this case, I found it a really interesting, intriguing and clever way of showing you how Andrew became the person that eventually took Versace's life. And even when it got into his sort of background with his own family, I was still just as entrenched in the story. And I think Darren Chris may have given the male performance of the year with this. So dominant out there. So submissive in here. So powerful out there. So pathetic in here. But you like being pathetic, don't you? I've killed two people, Lee. Two people that were very close to me. I know it's hard to believe. Intellectual Andrew. Well-read, well-spoken Andrew, well-dressed. But here I am. This is me. Now, I know that you're not wearing your hearing aid, so I'm going to speak very loudly and very clearly so you can understand. I want you to know that when they find your body, you will be wearing ladies' panties. Surrounded by gay porn. I want the world to see that the great Lee Niglin is a sissy. Soon the whole world will know that the great Lee Miglin who built Chicago, built it with a limp wrist. The cops will know, 
The press will know, your wife will know, your children will know, the neighbors will know. Tell me something, Lee. What terrifies you more, death or being disgraced? <laughs> disgraced. You know, disgrace isn't that bad. Once you settle into it. The themes of this were really interesting about you know, homosexuality still being seen as sort of a dirty little secret, the police still sort of treating them like criminals and not listening to them and maybe not catching Cunanan as quickly as they could have. I think there were some fantastic set pieces in this as well, oh, with yeah. a, the easy lover sequence um, stands <laughs> out to me. as, as She's uh, an I mean, easy lover. I won't listen to that song again without thinking about <laughs> that old man title. I reckon they should re-release that and have that as the video. But the music just generally was a great sort oh, of soundtrack, yeah. like 80s soundtrack. I, I mean, as you say, Darren Chris was fantastic. I, I mean, Edgar Ramirez, I liked his Versace. The Versace stuff was sort of, you know, we, we've mentioned Versace in the title, so we're going to have to include them somewhere. It was sort of the, the wiggy stuff that we didn't like about the OJ. So the sort of wiggy impersonation bits with, mm. with Edgar Ramirez, with Penelope Cruz, with... Um, Ricky Martin in there as well. But no, this was a really sort of colourful, well-designed, shockingly dark at sometimes The juxtaposition between the darkness of the plot and the sort of colourfulness of the world was really well done by Tom Rob, Tom Rob Smith. Um, and yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, interesting to see what they do with the Katrina next, Hurricane Katrina, that's the third. I, I, just, I, just, I don't think I've ever seen a character like... Darren Chris played in Andrew Cunanan on the screen before. I just, I just found it fascinating how he could adapt himself and put himself in any scenario and just make people believe that he was the person. And you actually created. felt sorry for him as well yeah, when you saw his backstory. Even though he killed all these people, you sort of understood why. And as you said, you never knew if he had actually met Versace, what the connection was there or... My, my outside view was that... And hello. Why, hello. Hi, why I didn't Why I didn't watch it was because I associated more with the with the OJ stuff. But you've that ki you've killed your wife, but you've never killed your gay lover. That, right. Uh, no, hold on. I've been, yeah. That's why he's got to leave the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I've got to go undercover for a year. I feel we're drifting. <laughs> anyway, the point was, I didn't have much of an interest in the story of Versace, but the thing is, from what you guys have said, it seemed very... That was oh. almost kind of, like, incidental to the plot. I think, was a bit... Sort and of, I, I don't that. think it was as good an introduction as it could have been, really. I, no. I found that first episode really weak. And I think it wasn't until you got to the third episode where you met Lee and Lee's wife, played oh, by I Judith Light, who was so the, the Home Shopping Network... And then you go from there to the, the guy you met from the Navy and them going on the road together, you know, going what, what on the road. It, what it was about, Gary, in very simplistic terms, was how a serial killer becomes a serial killer. That's right. what it was about. And it just so happened that his final victim was a high-profile fashion designer and they put right. his name in the title. It was not about Versace. It was not about, you know, how his family dealt with the grief or anything like that. It was about how somebody grows up and slowly becomes a serial killer. And we'll go back to um, social media uh, a second, shall we, for some more. And I've tried to separate these out a bit into people who've mentioned more international shows than UK shows. Suki Kark, who who sort of very much uh, promotes our podcast, so thank you for that, yep, Suki. Big up to her. 
So in no particular order, uh, Doctor Who, which isn't surprising, seeing as the Twitter avatar is a Cyberman, um, mm-hmm. and the handle is at Cyberman underscore 151. Bodyguard, a series of unfortunate events, Upstart Crow, Star Trek Discovery, Killing Eve, Barry, Seal Team, The Man in the High Castle, and Sneaky Pete, PS Great Podcast. So thank you, Sneaky. Tommy Kraska at Tommy Kraska. Um, with pleasure, my top 10 shows of 2018 alphabetically were the oh, 100... Why don't we do it alphabetically? That would the one, fun. the 100s, Bull, Collateral, The Cry, Elementary, Hard Sun, The Haunting of Hill House, McMafia, Shrink and Unforgotten, which which resembled oh. Luke's list quite... I was going to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, my, my list that's up on the website now is very similar to that, yeah. yeah. I forgot to say at the time as well, Billy Hush did add um, that sadly he found the acclaimed UK dramas this year to be a load of baloney, which, you know, we've said a little bit this year as well, haven't we, that we've struggled yes. with some of the big, big dramas. Um Phil Wilkinson Jones at Phil W Jones um, has said top ten no particular order and for varying reasons. Killing Eve, Glow, Maniac, Bodyguard, Taskmaster, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Doctor Who, Silent Witness, um, American Crime Story, which you just talked about, and um, CBB's cartoon Hey Dougie. I'm assuming he's got a toddler, or I don't. Know, I hope you know. so. Well, yeah. <laughs> And And our our last um, bit of feedback for this portion of the show comes from um, another friend and supporter of the show for a long time, Jordan Gallagher. He says he's not got 10, but some of his favourites include The Handmaid's Tale, which is better than the first season in his opinion, Sharp Objects, Bodyguard, Derry Girls, Save Me and The Good Place. Hard to put in order, but number one has to be Save Me. Oh. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email. CustardTVReviews at gmail.com So number three, and sorry Gary, it's one from just mine and Luke's lists again. Uh, it's there, thank God. But it does there. rhyme with your name, it's Barry. Yes! <laughs> Who'd have thought that this year would have been the year for likeable assassination attempts and assassins on TV? We had uh, Villanelle in Killing Eve and we had Barry in the show that I can never remember the title of. And and you could say Andrew Cunanan and Philip and Elizabeth in The Americans. True. Very, very likeable assassins all the way through 2018. 2018, the year of likeable assassins. And uh, yeah. Donald Trump in The Fourth Estate. You might <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, satire. So, yeah, Barry was a bit of a gem of a show. I sort of saw US critics talking about it when it debuted on HBO. Uh, asked Matt to watch it and we both fell sort of in love with it pretty much immediately. Barry is played by Bill Hader. He goes uh, to LA to kill uh, somebody. He's a professional killer having been in the army and such like. He goes uh, to kill this person who who actually runs and who is in an acting class and while he's there he sort of falls in love with with being in the acting class and finds a, a second love of his life and finds his what he believes to be his true purpose. There's some good, really believable, loving relationships in there. And Henry Winkler won his first Emmy uh, for portraying the brilliant acting coach here who is just off his nut. Gene Cousineau. But it was nutty, completely nutty. But somehow it kept both feet on the ground and nobody felt cartoonish or silly. They all felt believable in their own world. And it was also dark and sinister, but very, very funny in equal amounts, and I think it was one of, definitely one of my favourites of the whole year. 
These people I take out, they're bad people. The money's good. Hey, man. Are you seeing this beautiful morning? What are you doing? What am I doing? I'm set up here like you asked me to. Oh, right, duh. This is Ryan Madison. Are you new to this class? Help me out. Ryan, you're up. I'm gonna do the scene with him. What do I, I don't know what to say. Wow. The acting class it made me feel really good. I feel really motivated right now. These are professional actors. They're the real deal, and they say I got something. You're a killer, Mary. Acting to direct conflict, being someone who anonymously kills people. There's always a million reasons not to do something, Barry. If you want it, go for it. This is what you do. This is all you do. Why can't I do both things? Bravo! I just saw you go to a place tonight I have never seen before. Okay, I see you're still in that place. I'm gonna leave you to your process. They can wait till Monday. The, the Chechen gangster, the bald guy, was was really <laughs> hilarious. I I, I thought uh, you know Henry Winkler. Yeah. Oh, the guy—the guy's name who escapes me. Who was who was his handler? And I've completely oh, forgotten can't, the actor's name. Stephen Root. Yeah. Um, and he was brilliant as well as sort of you know he kept trying to play both sides. It was really well paced and well structured over the episodes. You know, every episode title even had its own sort of double meaning. And, and the ending was was really dark. So we're coming to number two. Uh, which is one that all three of us had. Uh, you know, spoilers again, mathematics here, if you... Um... <laughs> That's not your name, you do realise that. Yeah. Off, if off you... No, 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 I was just part. saying, a bit of mathematics will uh, work okay. out that these last two shows, all three of us um, yeah. picked, because I said there was three shows. Yes, you did, Matt. Missed. I heard you say that. And this is where I thought Sharp Objects would be. Well, it's not. No, it's... I know it's and you could probably work out what number one is, but yes. just briefly, it's odd that all five of these shows in our top five are all about killing inside different I told you, yeah. It's the year of Lovely us? Assassin. Well, assassin. I don't know how lovely the assassin was in the bridge. I suppose she was quite a nice, light little Chinese lady. Chinese um, lady. Yeah, so this was the final series of the bridge, the fourth um uh, starring uh, uh, Sarah Noggin. Noggin? Noggin. I think we've been talking for too long already. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Sophie Gra- Grabble. Gra- <laughs> no, oh. that's, the, that's the girl from the gang. What's... Oh. <laughs> You've broken yourself. Yes, I have. Oh, God. So, the final series of The Bridge, it was shorter than the rest. It got a promotion... From BBC Four to BBC Two this year, it focused on, as it turned out, not random killings. They were the killings of people uh, that were close to the people that mattered to the killer. I know I've not said that very well, but if you've seen it, you'll completely that understand where I'm... And it also wrapped up Henrik's story brilliantly. Uh, so Henrik was sort of Saga's replacement for Martin after Kim Bodnia jumped ship after the second series, for an equally good show that we may be discussing soon. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. It finished off his story, reuniting him, as it turned out, with his daughter that he'd lost, or that Wonderful. he thought he'd lost years ago. As final series go, it had 
a plot all of its own that was unique to that series, and it some it finished off Henrik's story and allowed Saga to move forward in her life and relieve some of the baggage that she's been carrying over her sister's death and her mother's as well. And I just thought it was a bit of a masterpiece. You couldn't do a final series any better than this. And what it did so well was it kept all the madness and all the intrigue and the, the violence that we've come to know of the bridge, but but worked it around those characters. And it's it's perfect. I don't, I don't think still that, that we in the UK write shows like they do it in in Scandi. I think everybody has a purpose in that in the shows. Nobody's mm. just there and we don't do that. Nobody's in there for the sake of it or nobody's in there as a plot device. Everybody's in there oh, okay. from the beginning for a reason and they they carefully guide you through the series and when you get to the end there's not a dull piece of information or somebody that was just there to fill a gap but, there, there, were, there. there were good little side plots as well i think that the, the budgeting relationship between the two geeks what the text, blood the bludgeoning relationship burgeoning we need i need a break uh burdening relationship uh and um <laughs> close I, enough I and again, the one thing that the bridge has always done is not shied away from either being violent or showing the outcomes of violence uh, in a quite a graphic and shocking way. Let's um, do the radio-esque well, before breakdown. We do, before we do that, let's go back yeah. to the social media chart and just have oh. their three mentions. So this was sort of the next tier up. We had a lot that we've talked about. So the bridge, Barry, yeah. and the assassination of Gianni Versace, and Glow. Um, Gary's friend's favourite show, This Is Us, yeah. and The Handmaid's Tale, which is something we didn't talk about, but was on low on mine and yours, your list, Luke, yeah. but yeah. not high enough to um, to count. You're listening to the Custard TV Podcast. The official podcast of thecustardtv.com. Okay, and number 10, The Good Fight. Number 9, Glow. Up at 8, The Fourth Estate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Sitting pretty at number seven, it's the Americans. <laughs> a solid number six, it's American Vandal. That should have been that should have been number two, really. Yeah, it? really, yeah. Um, <laughs> I love the way you do it, solid, though. Making an impact at number five, it's Sharp Objects. Um, killing it at number four, it's the assassination of Gianni Versace. Number three, with a bullet, it's Barry. <laughs> Nice. Number two, all the way from Denmark, it's The Bridge. And our number one and social media's number one of the international, Killing Eve. Yay. Of course it is. It's on the media. You too. Why are you here? Did you make this? No. Your husband? Yes. He has an excellent moustache. <laughs> Why are you in my house? I wanted to see you. Why? <laughs> I need someone to help me. I don't want to do this anymore. I know what I am. I know I'm not normal. I... I'm sorry. 
didn't want to hurt your partner. I don't want to hurt people. They make me do it. If I don't do what they say. I need help. Hey, please, I am so sorry. Bullshit. You're an asshole. You are so pleased with yourself. I know you are Russian. I know you were in a prison in Moscow for five years until someone broke you out. I know you are exceptionally bright, determined, hardworking. What else? I know you are an extraordinary person. What else? I know something happened to you. What else? I know you're a psychopath. You should never tell a psychopath you're a psychopath. It upsets them. Eleven mentions on social media. Did it top your list, Luke? Yes, yeah. Top my list. But it didn't top my list. Barry's top my list. Oh, okay. okay. You picked I'm... another lovable assassin. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. What's not to like about Killing Eve? This is just a brilliant show. You know, who who would have thought it come from the mind of the woman who bought this flea bag? I suppose it was yeah. an adaptation. Uh, so it was basically about. Uh, do I need to say what it was about? No, I don't know. Do, do really? Do you? Everyone. Actually, I, I think everybody watched it. Everybody loved it. Yeah. Jodie Comer was the star of the show here, as you said, Villanelle. But cruelly overlooked for any awards. Yeah, it's all, all uh, possibly because she's not known in the states as much as Sandra Oh is. Yeah, but I mean, I, why does that stop her from being nominated for a great performance just because they don't know who she is? Because it's awards and they're silly. Going back to the show itself, I mean, she Jodie. Comer's performance absolutely outstanding. Sandro was a good sort of straight woman in this. Um, the style of it was unique. Everything about it just worked. It was outlandish without being too silly. You know, it's still based in reality. Yeah, I don't quite know. But I reckon that's why Barry just edged it for you because they both had that moment where they could have tipped over into complete bonkersness and you go, yeah. oh, they've gone too far. And for me, they sort of did go a little bit too far when mm. Villanelle was in prison because I liked... Yes, I, I think that's where it dipped for me a little bit towards yeah. the end before the final episode. When she mm. was in prison, it dipped a little bit. It didn't quite keep up the momentum. But then at the end, the final scene in her apartment in France. It was the show of the year. I mean, I don't know what a number one will be of the UK, but I doubt it sits with such love in my mind as Killing Eve does. It was just so easy to watch. It made me laugh. It, you could switch your brain off and just envelop yourself in the world. And it was a joy from start to finish. It was delightful. I think everybody's going to pick out Jodie Comer because of how unique that character was you know she's a sociopath you know she kills people for a living she's got to be an interesting character never tell a psychopath they're a psychopath Absolutely. it upsets them that's why that's why i've never said that to you gary no you can know he's leaving just oh, as yeah. a parting well, gift bit, bit, yeah parting thanks yeah wait for the end of the podcast you know what's on uh both lists matt do you think that this list is stronger than the uk list because honestly I a lot of my so. favorite shows of the year are here I think so. I would say, certainly looking at what number 10 is in the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I have a feeling I know what it is. Okay, so that is it. We thank you so much for your support on the podcast. We still have numbers 
ten to one of the UK list to to get out to you, which will and, be, be very soon. And Gary's done us a who knows Gary best quiz as uh, Matt versus Luke again. And so we'll be back soon with our best of the UK list. But bravo to all each and every one of those shows that made the list. I like They're how all our worthy. international number one was British, really. Yeah, well, it was because let's just talk about that quickly. It was made by a British production company with a British crew, with, as Gary says, a lot of British talent, but played on BBC America first, an American TV channel who had the foresight to pick it up. So it has to be on that list, unfortunately. But I'm just glad it made number one. Killing Eve, the show of the year. Go and seek it out if you've heard everyone talk about it and not seen it. I believe it's on the iPlayer now and it will be on the iPlayer over Christmas. So indulge yourself. We'll be back soon. Bye. 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 Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.